Well, good morning. Very warm welcome to you all. And uh, as we gather here to worship God, may you know God's loving presence with you. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 130. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can with reverence serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. And so let us worship God, and you're welcome to stand as we sing our first hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, Mission Praise number 237.
Let's pray together. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we praise you for your grace in our lives and your faithful love. And we thank you for all the blessings you have given to us through Jesus, your Son. In this time, when we gather together in his name, may we know the depth of your forgiveness and your love, which reaches out to us, restores us, and sets our feet on the path of life. Help us in this time of worship to experience your loving presence and to grasp how awesome you are as our perfectly good and holy God, creator of all and beyond all compare. We thank you that you loved us so much that you have come close to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, and that now by your Holy Spirit we may know you, not as a far-off God, but as one who cares for every detail of our lives and calls us to draw close and walk in the light of your presence. Forgive us, Lord, for all the ways we have not followed you Help us turn from all we know to be wrong in our lives. Cleanse us and renew us once more by your most Holy Spirit. And empower us to live for you and share your love with those around us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, let's see what we've got in our Bible today. I wonder what's in here. Let's see, what is this I've got with me today? Well, I wonder what this is. Any clues yet? There's a big clue coming up now. It's a, a bag, a handbag, actually. But the interesting thing about this handbag, which... Uh, um, is I want to show you is that on this side you can see it's got that pattern but if you do that you can have a completely different handbag so it's got a different pattern so um, it's changed the appearance completely and you know you can sometimes get clothes uh, maybe a, um, a dress or a jacket or even a hat which has got patterns on both sides, and maybe that's especially handy for going on holidays. You can take things, and you don't have to take as much, so you can turn it inside out and have a different look. Um, it changes completely. And, um, but I wonder, can people change completely, not just in appearance, because we can change our appearance and things uh, to an extent, but 
Can people change completely on the inside? Well, that's what we're going to think about this morning. We're going to think about the story of a man who changed completely, and his name was Saul of Tarsus. And we're going to, um, we're going to hear the story of this man who changed completely, not just not in his outward appearance, but on his, in his heart. Well, Saul, uh, Saul of Tarsus, he was going around um, arresting people who believed in Jesus. And that's because he thought that the new Christians were wrong. And he thought that if he tried to, stop tell, tried to stop them telling other people about Jesus, that it would make God happy. So one day, Saul went to the high priest the, in Jerusalem, the, the chief priest, and asked for permission to go uh, to another place, a city called Damascus, to get permission to go around and arrest Christians and put them in prison because he thought that would make God happy. Well, that's didn't, things didn't quite turn out that way because on his way to Damascus, I'm going to see a slide, and I won't, I'll give you two guesses as to who drew that when they were younger. But uh, um, So this, this is Saul on his way to Damascus, and he was traveling along when suddenly a really bright light from heaven shone on him. And the light was so bright that Saul fell to the ground. And he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul asked, who, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Now go to the city and you will be told what to do. And so then Saul got up and uh, but he couldn't see, he needed someone to, to lead him uh, by the hands because he, he couldn't see anywhere. It was such a bright light, he couldn't see. And he, he waited in a house in Damascus until um, the, there was someone that uh, God was going to send to him. And during this time, he didn't eat anything or drink anything, but he prayed to God. And God spoke to another man uh, called Ananias, who believed in Jesus, and said, go and see Saul, because I want you to pray for him so that he can see again. Ananias was a bit afraid because Saul's reputation was that he, he harmed Christians, and so he just checked with God, and God said, no, it's all right. I want you to do this. So Saul, um, he went to see Saul, and he prayed for him, and he was able to see again, and uh, it was an amazing thing, and, and he prayed, and God's Spirit filled Saul, and he, he um, was so happy and that he, he knew God. He, knew, he really knew him this time, and he was changed, and also that he now had another job to do. He wasn't to go around harming Christians, but actually to help and to share the good news about Jesus. And so he was baptized by Ananias and he ate some food and drank some water, presumably, as well, and he felt stronger again. Well, we're going to leave the story there. We'll finish it off next week. But Saul became a completely changed person after meeting Jesus, not just on the outside, but actually on the inside. And um, so he'd gone to Damascus 
um, to have Jesus' followers harmed, but he ended up going to be a really important person in sharing the good news to lots of people that hadn't heard of him. So it's really amazing that Saul changed completely after meeting Jesus, such a, um, such a person who's full of anger and things, and he became so different. And how wonderful that we can know Jesus as well, and that we, he can help us to be, um, to be loving and kind to others too. So let's pray and uh, ask God just to help us to, to listen to what he's saying to us through this story. Dear God, thank you that you can change us on the inside so that we can know your love for us and share that love with others. Thank you that we can meet with you each day in prayer and for all your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to have um, a well-known chorus now. Our action song is, uh, Our God is a Great Big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God and He holds us in His hands. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God and He holds us in His hands. He's higher than a skyscraper. He's deeper than a submarine He's wider than the universe And beyond my wildest dreams And He's known me and He's loved me Since before the world began How wonderful to be a part Of God's amazing plan Our God is a great big God our God is a great big God Our God is a great big God And He holds us in His hands Our God is a great big God Our God is a great big God Our God is a great big God And He holds us in His hands He's higher than a skyscraper He's deeper than a submarine Wider than the universe And beyond my wildest dreams And He's known me and He's loved me Since before the world began How wonderful to be a part Of God's amazing plan Our God is a great big God Our God is a great big God our God is a great big God and He holds us in His hands Our God is a great big God Our God is a great big God Our God is a great big God and He holds us in His hands 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 Our Old Testament lesson this morning is to be found in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3 and reading from verse 22 to 24. 
Lamentations 3 and at verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The New Testament lesson is from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, and reading the first 19 verses. Acts 9 and at verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if, if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. 
Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Amen. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Let us continue our worship in the singing of Mission Praise number 296. I stand amazed in the presence.
Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your amazing love for us, and we thank you that uh, uh, you want us to know that amazing love today as we look at your word and think about the story of Saul's conversion. And Lord, we thank you that uh, for the ways that you break into our lives, uh, that you stop us in our tracks, and uh, Lord, that you get our attention. And so, Lord, we ask that by your Spirit, uh, you would um, come and meet with us now and help us to uh, know all that you have for us and speak into our hearts by your Spirit, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the story of Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus is uh, one of the most dramatic turnarounds in a person's life in the Bible. So much so that even today when someone has a complete change of mind or heart, we might refer to them as having had a Damascus Road experience because of the complete change that happened in Saul's life. In our study of the book of Acts, we've already come across Saul as a man who was very much opposed to the people believing in Jesus as the one sent by God to save us from our sins and to open the way into God's family forever. Saul, as we, we learn, is a Pharisee uh, who is a prominent member, uh, and they, uh, the Pharisees were prominent members of uh, the Jewish religious establishment, um, and he was present at Stephen's um, when he was killed by the other religious leaders. Saul was actually looking after their coats as they were stoning Stephen to death and we're told that he approved of Stephen's death. But now, rather than just looking after the coats, things have moved on a bit, and Saul has become extremely active in trying to hunt down Christians and have them arrested and put into prison, or perhaps better in his eyes if they were killed for trying to lead people astray from, with wrong beliefs about God, at least that's what he thought. And so Acts chapter 9 opens with a very vivid description of Saul's state of mind. And it says that he was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. So this was his state of mind as he set off from Jerusalem to Damascus. Saul was a man on a mission, but unfortunately it was the wrong mission. He thought he was doing God's will seeking to silence new believers, but he was actually going completely the wrong way. And as we uh, discover, he, uh, he was actually opposing a move of God. Jesus had opened up a new way of life and Saul was trying to shut it down. The story of the risen Lord Jesus appearing to Saul on the Damascus road and there, uh, there was an, an amazing um, story and it's an amazing demonstration of God's grace and his mercy because it shows that no, no one is beyond God's grace to um, come into their life, that uh, no matter what they have done, God can still reach out to them in his compassion and love. 
And that's one of the amazing discoveries about God that the writer of Lamentations mentions when he wrote these words. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed because his compassions never fail. So what a, a wonderful truth that God's love and God's compassion reaches out even to those who are violently opposed to him and to the love he has shown through Jesus. The thing is that uh, Saul was absolutely convinced that he was right. He thought that by doing everything possible to squash this new religious movement, he was earning favor with God. Ironically, Saul was prepared to go the extra mile as Jesus encourages us to do, only it was to go the extra mile to oppose and harm Jesus' followers. But what happens is that God breaks through to him and he steps in, stops him in his tracks and he steps in and a light from heaven shines on him and he falls to the ground. And then he hears a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? However startled and surprised Saul might have been, he does manage to ask a question at this point. And it's a very revealing question for a man who has spent his entire life studying the word of God and trying to follow God's laws. For what he asks is, who are you, Lord? In all his time trying to live for God, doing things in his own strength, trying hard to do good and to get things right, the one thing he fails to do is to recognize the Lord when he comes to him. But then he hears the words that are to completely change his life. He hears words that might have been the last he expected to hear, but nevertheless, they're words that bring such a new reality to him that he can't go back to the way things were. For in reply to his question, who are you, Lord? Saul hears the words, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. These words, I am, that's his uh, special name of God. It's uh, God who is I am. And he replies, I am Jesus. I am the Lord, God's son, whom you are persecuting. What an amazing discovery. What a um, troubling discovery. And so for the first time in his life, he comes to meet the Lord Jesus, God's son. And from that point on, he becomes a follower, not a persecutor of Jesus. And not only that, Saul's missionary zeal to go the extra mile and do what he thinks is God's will is going to be redirected. But this time along God's true purposes, for a few years later, Saul will become known as Paul, the great apostle and missionary to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish peoples, and he travels all around the Mediterranean. Well, let's hear Paul's own words of reflection years later and what this meant to him to have met the Lord Jesus. And here's what he recorded in his letter to the Philippians in chapter three, and I'm reading this time from the New Living Translation. 
He said, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I have confidence, um, I could have had confidence in my own efforts if anyone could. Indeed, if others have a reason for confidence in their efforts, I have even more. And then he, he, he tells a bit about his um, reasons why he was um, someone who'd tried very hard, humanly speaking, to do everything right through his whole life. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day, eight days old, which is what all Jewish males had to happen. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. As for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Well, it's um, quite an impressive record he has. But then he goes on to say, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting this, it's all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law, rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. Saul, who became known as Paul, looking back on his life, discovered that the most important thing is knowing the Lord Jesus, having met with him. He discovered that nothing else comes close. I wonder if that's something we've also discovered. And can we, along with Paul, say with all conviction that we've discovered the most important thing in life is discovering and knowing Jesus as our Lord. A sobering, a sobering aspect of this story of Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus is that we can all, like Saul, spend our lives on the wrong things. We can be very busy doing things which um, can be good things, but um, maybe we're missing the best thing. Things we think are right. We might even think they're the sort of things that will earn us favor with God. But what Saul, who became Paul, discovered is that unless we know Jesus, the rest is really, in the long term, not really that important at all. Because if we haven't discovered the love of God for us through Jesus and entered into a relationship with him through faith, then we're still missing the true way of forgiveness and life that lasts forever. As Paul wrote, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing our Lord is everything. 
But what's so wonderful is that our Lord invites us to come and to know him. He invites us to come and to follow him, to discover life in fullness that lasts forever, to know our sins forgiven, and to receive his peace into our hearts that's greater than anything else the world can offer. And when we turn to him in faith, he promises us the gift of his presence with us always. That's what he said. Jesus said, I am with you always. And he does that by giving us the gift of his Holy Spirit to help us to know that we belong to God and to guide us in our lives and to give us the strength we need for each day. So after Paul got up, he was led to Damascus, and there he waited in obedience to the Lord's command until one of Jesus' followers met with him. Ananias, who was hesitant at first to follow God's instructions, then goes to visit Saul and pray for him. And when he prays for Saul, Saul's sight is restored and he is filled with the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful gift of God's grace this is. Because Saul had previously been filled with anger and violence to, towards God's people. But now he was being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of love, of joy, of peace. As he was later to write about the Holy Spirit promised, is promised by Jesus to all his followers, filled Saul, and he became a completely changed man. And in addition to this, Saul was given a new purpose, a new direction in life. For God revealed to Ananias that Saul was going to be his chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. Now, this would all come at a considerable cost to Saul because he would suffer hardships in his new life, as you can read on later in the book of Acts and elsewhere. He suffered living for his Lord Jesus. But Saul, as he wrote later, considered this cost nothing in comparison to the great blessing of knowing Jesus, the one who stopped him in his tracks, who didn't let him just go on with his life the wrong way. He stopped him and he turned his life around. Saul came to Damascus to arrest people, but it was Saul who was arrested by God. The Lord Jesus stopped him in his tracks and Saul discovered love in its truest, most real sense. And that love of God broke through all Saul's defenses, forgave his sins, his mistakes, his failures, and gave him a new life. And that love, the love of Christ, was to compel him and to be his motivation for the rest of his life, even when there were great hardships and troubles. How wonderful and amazing is the grace of God that can reach even the most wayward of souls. 
And what an encouragement that is for us, that God's love can change anyone. And so we can say with confidence, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the God who seeks and saves us, who reaches out to us in our lostness and loneliness. Thank you that you are the God who pursues us with your love so that we might respond to your gracious invitation and enter into your family forever. Thank you that you are the God who has given us everything through Jesus our Lord, by whose death we receive forgiveness for all our sins, and by whose resurrection we receive life forever by your Holy Spirit. Living Lord, we pray for those who have not yet discovered the reality of your presence, who continue to go about their lives oblivious to your offer of life. Open the eyes of those known to us and those around us that they too might have that life-changing encounter with you, dear Lord, and discover new life and purpose through your great love for them. Teach us, like your servant Ananias, to follow your leading and to obey your call to reach out with compassion even to those who might appear closed to your love, but whose hearts are searching for reality and fullness of life. Mighty God, we rejoice that you're the God who is able to change our hearts and shine your light of heaven into even the deepest places of darkness. Shine your light on us and in the dark places of our land, our nation, and our world. And may your light shine brightly through your people, drawing many to find new life in you. God of all compassion, we remember now those who are going through difficulties and trials. For those who are sick or in pain, we pray for your healing. For those who are grieving or suffering loss, we pray for your comfort. And for all going through troubles, we pray for your upholding. For those in need of direction, we pray for your wisdom and guidance. And for all on our hearts, we pray for your peace that passes understanding. And so we bring all our prayers and requests to you through the name that is above all names, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we come to our closing hymn of worship, And Can It Be, Mission Praise number 33, and you're welcome to stand for the hymn. 
now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen.